0: Hi, this is Joe Satriani, and you're listening to and watching us on Sonic Perspectives.
1: and welcome to another interview of Sonic Perspectives. I'm Rodrigo, and today I'll be talking to the guitar virtuoso Joe Satriani. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, it's a big day for you today with a new single being revealed. But first, let's talk about your art exhibit. Uh, You're doing two events showcasing your paintings on canvas and also on a few guitars, right?
0: Yeah, yes. Um, You know, I've been painting ever since I was a little kid. Hmm. Uh, I had the youngest of five kids and my two oldest sisters uh, twin sisters are professional artists so uh, as a young kid there was always art supplies and lots of talent being thrown around in the house uh, because of their artwork and uh, when I was you know just trying to hang out with them because they were so cool they would tolerate me and give me a canvas or a (laughs) sketch pad or something try to you know Take that in the, to the corner of the room, leave us alone, that kind of thing. So I just got into the idea, of, you know, art expression. And I love the idea and it, it fits with being a musician so well, um, you know, over the years, I started to get my sketches into um, the CD or uh, album booklets. Uh, I started doing the straps, you know, like these <laughs> straps here with Planet Waves, Dario picks, tour t-shirts, you know, using the backdrops uh, for the tour, you know, projecting the artwork. Um, then 2013, I put a bunch of digital artwork I had done uh, together in a book uh, just to sell to the fans. I wasn't really thinking of publishing you know, out there, uh, through a, a gallery or another company. I just thought I just wanted to share this artwork that they've been seeing in these little formats, like, you know, artwork on picks and stuff and, and show it to them in a book. Cause it really changes your interaction with art when it's in a really nice looking book. So we did a book and we did a postcard book, which is really funny because no one sends postcards anymore. <laughs> <But> <laughs> the art looked really good on the postcards and, um, Uh, But then I, I turned to my wife, who's also uh, has a degree in art. And uh, I said, you know, you got to teach me how to paint. I really want to go to canvases, but I don't know anything about how do you get started? You know, Mm. I needed to know about brushes and gesso and preparation of canvas, all this kinds of stuff. So, um, I had good teachers because not only is, uh, you know, my wife an artist, but my son also has a degree in art and studio art and as well as filmmaking. So he also was able to, uh, you know, guide me when I, I had these questions, like, you know, how do you just simple questions? How do you apply this? How do you apply that? How long does it take to dry? What do you do when you want to scrape it? You know, just the simplest things, uh, because I never had any training, uh, and it just was like a renaissance for me, to tell you the truth. I mean, I just really loved to take these feelings I had inside and put them, you know, on the canvas. Right. Uh, yeah. To
1: be honest with you, you know, I'm a fan. and I saw you in Fremantle, Australia in 2008, and I caught a pic from you. And you had, uh, it had a paint. you had, like, one of your drawings. Uh, I looked at that and I said, you know, he's going to sell it at some point. He's going to commercialize that at some point. So <laughs> I saw you coming a mile away. Uh, very
0: yeah. insightful <laughs> yeah.
1: and uh, well at the moment it's just two events one at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel in Casino and the other at the town center in Boca Raton is there a chance of more, more dates being added?
0: We're, we're hoping you know like mm-hmm. the rest of the world we're sort of you know fighting back against the pandemic so doing these shows is difficult um, they're not you know we did a show in uh, 2019 before uh, we had the association with Wentworth Gallery. It was just myself and the guys from Scene 4 Art Collective because mm-hmm. uh, we had been doing the collaborations with the uh, the, the artwork that they do where they, uh, I don't know if you know about Scene 4, but you know they, they take musicians, they outfit them with these gloves that have LED lights in them. You put them in a dark room and you do time-lapse photography while they're playing the drums, guitar, whatever it is they're doing. And then they uh, manipulate them, uh, uh, in the computer and create these really beautiful prints. Uh, so that started back in 2018, I think it was. And, and then as they learned that I was painting, they wanted to sort of do collaboration. So we started doing collaborations, uh, together and combining my painting and their visual artwork. And we had a, a gallery opening in, uh, 2019 in Los Angeles, Um, but then as we were introduced to Wentworth Gallery, who has a chain uh, on the East Coast, um, the pandemic came, so then we we quickly switched to, let's see, let's just focus on producing the art and figure out what we're going to do with it later, Um, and so we had this planned Like a lot of people, we had a lot of things planned (laughs) because everybody thought, well, in three months this will be over. Six months, twelve months, eighteen months, you know, twenty-four. But here (laughs) we are fighting back as as we do as humans, uh, and um, uh, we are hoping that you know. I think they have a little over a hundred pieces from me now. Uh, We're hoping they can get up to about three hundred pieces, and I'll eventually get to all of the galleries. Um, you know, uh, but we have to uh, space them apart, uh, each of the, the openings. Um, but all the stuff is available uh, online, but that's really not part of my business. That's gallery business, you know, how they Got it. how they Got work it. that out. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I'm in Canada. I'm in Toronto, Canada right now. I, I hope that I get to see you here at the AGO, Art Gallery of Ontario. sometime. No, it yeah. seems fitting for that kind of museum. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, uh, one uh, recurring theme in your song titles and also in your art is aliens. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the fascination you have with that subject. Is it from your early days, from your childhood, or where did that come from?
0: I think so. I, I think um, maybe more uh, with this current uh, crop of uh, of art, you know, pieces that I've done. It's it's a bit more like social commentary about. I'm kind of like looking at how the rest of the world relates to this phenomenon of UFOs and aliens. Mm-hmm. I'm not really coming out and saying aliens are good, aliens are bad, or I don't believe in them, or I do. believe <laughs> them. I'm saying, isn't it strange that this exists and these icons uh, of these alien icons have now permeated society uh, to such a strong degree and that's why I started thinking, you know, uh, there's really a way to get people to think if you, you know, if you take this, some of the alien icons and you change them a bit and you put them in, you, in sort of juxtapositions, you know, where you wouldn't normally see them. Uh, and uh, I guess I was influenced by a lot of great artists that did a lot of that, you know, and mm-hmm. I would say in the middle of the last century, there were a lot of artists that I guess they looked around their room and they said, you know, why not have a painting of a telephone? You know, why not, you know, take a soup can or the American flag or something and just do it, you know, rather than insisting that it has to be a woman naked or a man dressed up on a horse, you know what I mean? (laughs) Or, you know, does it always have to be a meadow with a mountain in the background and some clouds, you know? So, um, I I really appreciated that because I guess, because of when I was born and when I grew up, I loved what all of these artists were doing by turning the art world upside down, you know? And although I love the classic artists, I, you know, I love the ones that, that had a different slant on it, you know, Modigliani and his beautiful figures, but obviously they're not anatomically correct, but yet they spoke to me more than Botticelli's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I loved that uh, dis, that beautiful organized disorganization of Rosenberg uh, or Jasper Johns. I really loved the fact that you had artists like Warhol or Basquiat who were actually really good at drawing, but who could create chaos and but present it in such an organized way that somehow you you loved it. It was. Pleasing to look at, it, even though it was completely insane, you know. that's it. uh, Especially with Basquiat, it's such an amazing talent, you know, at that, you know. Yeah. Well, changing gears a little bit. Two years after
1: Shape Shifting, uh, you just announced a new album today, The Elephants of Mars, with a new single premiering today, actually, Sahara. Uh, mm-hmm. What can the fans expect this time? Give us an overview, if you can.
0: Wow. Um... <laughs> It's, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, the album, mm. it's funny. I, I made notes at one point
1: mm.
0: <laughs> actually made notes because I was working with Todd Galapo again uh, from meat and potatoes for the artwork for the album. And I, I really love your background, by the way, Todd would be so go. happy to see that. <laughs> he came up with that. I sent him a mix of the title track and I, within like an hour, he said, I can't believe it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Oh, wow. I hope, you know, you like it. And but then he designed, uh, he wanted to do something with uh, the CD booklet um, and, and he wanted to somehow figure out some sort of artwork. And so he said, you know, uh, can you tell me what each song is about? And so I realized, wow, you know, there's 14 songs. And, and when I do interviews, it would just be like three hours, you know, to get through everything. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, he eventually used my text and my little stories about each song, uh, which are quite detailed and and to create uh, and pull out some alien writing that I had done on some of the scene four collaborative works and bring it into the CD and album package, which is, uh, it's so cool that he's able to do that. Um, uh, but I, I, it reminded me that um When I speak to the press about it, I'm going to have to come up with a very simple way (laughs) of explaining the album, but I haven't done it yet. So, but I can say that, uh, you know, the making of the album uh, was really a unique process because we had, first of all, we were doing it remotely. So Mm -hmm. I was always in my studio recording by myself and sending, you know, via the internet, uh, these tracks out to Ray in Australia. Uh, the rest of the guys down in Southern California, and um, everybody got to work from home pretty much. Uh, I think the only two guys that got together were uh, my producer engineer Eric Kodia and uh, Kenny Aronoff because he has a, a his own studio hmm. um, uh, in in Los Angeles. So, um, but the 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 fact that it we were forced to to stretch this out over many months instead of like, you know, 10 days of getting bass and drums and then three weeks of getting all guitars and keyboards and gosh, mm. that kind of thing. Usually when you go to a studio, it costs so much money. You're, you know, you stay on schedule and you yeah. push really hard. This was just the opposite. The discipline involved was um, just because you have time doesn't mean You can get lazy. (laughs) It was the opposite, actually. It was like, use this time to record your best performances. Right. uh, Not the ones that take the most time, your best. So if you keep going back and listening to what you did yesterday and it's not your best, then don't use it. And you don't have to use it because there is no time clock. You know what I mean? Right. And and so that gave everybody a moment to sort of, you know, relax and exhale and say. You know, I'm going to really think about what I've always wanted to do in a situation like that, not what I'm forced to achieve in the next hour and a half because Mm -hmm. we've got to move on to another song. So um, not only did that help me deliver what I thought were my best performances, but everybody else felt the same way. They felt that finally they could relax and take some time. Uh, to deliver really unique things that really fit with each song and the album is extremely diverse in terms of style and texture and so I really I kind of put it to them that they were going to have to rise to the occasion it wasn't like the same sound or the same style for every song it was complete everything was a new trip every song was a new chapter you know
1: right and I notice you're always changing the rhythm session, uh, one or two pieces, uh, sometimes both of them actually, but this time you have Kenny and Brian Beller. Uh, yeah. Is this part of an effort to keep things fresh or is it availability or what drives that change?
0: Oh, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because it's really about keeping things fresh and my, my feeling that there's some special energy that might happen when I put together a certain group of people. Mm. And um, and uh, you know one, it's interesting. A lot of people know Brian from working with uh, Steve I and and obviously the Aristocrats um, and uh, and myself. But actually, he's more of a rocker than a lot of people think. And uh, I think the last bunch of you know the tours and the uh, you know bring that out in him. But I think the last album we did together. Um, uh shockwave supernova didn't really have enough of that to showcase that part of him and and maybe that was because he was there with marco and and mike and they you know they felt a little bit more like it they wanted to go progressive but this time around it was the, we didn't have any of that pressure because we were again recording remotely there wasn't any sort of pressing release date or tour date or anything um these, were all, these turned out to be all positives for getting people to show a deeper side of their musicianship. And definitely, especially, you know, I think you can hear it on a lot of tracks because Brian gets to play some of the most amazing bass guitar I've ever heard him play, just really amazing. And uh, so uh, it, it's been a special, uh, you know, joy for me to be able to, present these guys with tracks and and see them scratch their heads and then rise to the occasion because I, I had faith in them that it would work if I sent them particular tracks they first they'd go what the hell is that but then they'd go I think I can do something I've never done before because of this track that Joe just sent you know and so um, and that's great and then of course adding Ray Thistlethwaite to the equation was just a blessing you know he's just a remarkable musician just incredible and the fact that he can play guitar and sing the way he does on top of those incredible keyboard chops it's just insane
1: <laughs> that does help for sure yeah yeah uh, well yeah. Y- usually when we do interviews like this uh you know I-, I listened to the whole album beforehand but this time it was only sahara so oh <laughs> you know, i hope it comes down in the next couple of weeks so that i can oh yeah it? yeah you're
0: you're definitely sorry to put you at a disadvantage yeah
1: okay
0: um yeah the album <laughs> is uh, boy how would i describe it i don't know how to describe it but um it uh yes well you know I, I the first when when steve and i finish our albums we're always the first to play you know we trade the albums with each other because we we mm-hmm. We are brutally honest <laughs> in, our, in our critique of each other's work. It really yeah. helps us as musicians. And we can talk to each other like no one else is going to, you know, talk to us. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and we're, I, I think we're always a bit nervous. You know, we're always thinking like, I wonder what Steve's going to think. I wonder what Joe's going <laughs> to think. <laughs> that just comes from being yeah. friends for so long, you know. Right
1: bit of a healthy
0: competition going on. It's, you know, we are committed to being, you know, to just being completely uh, dedicated to moving the the electric guitar playing forward and, and to be to make our musicianship as great as we can, no matter what life throws at us we just keep doing it and we we want to help each other and cheer each other along certainly um because we both started from nothing you know and and we know that and we remember where we came from <laughs> <laughs> and, and how important our our friendship is you know right um so uh yeah but I think um as i you know we said to each other wow your new album is like ridiculously amazing and and it's your best work so i think we're feeling really good that we we're going to give our audiences the best uh that you know that we could have ever given them and and that's kind of like that's the most important thing you know i i think sometimes if when you you know, sometimes you, you have success with stuff that you don't think is very good, and it kind of makes you feel guilty. <laughs> and, uh, but this time around, uh, I think both of us are feeling like we really laid it down and we gave it uh, all we had. And, and it's going to stand that both records will stand the test of time uh, and, and make people happy, which is what we really want to do.
1: Awesome. And uh, back when uh, What Happens Next came out, it was mentioned that you'd be working on an album with Glenn Hughes on vocals, or it it might happen. Is that still the plan?
0: I don't think so. That kind of was, we were all excited about it, Hmm. and then slowly started to fall apart. (laughs) And then, then I don't know what, it just dissolved. It was just like, but I mean, that happens a lot in in Hmm. the music business where, you know, you think something's going to happen, You're all excited about it. And then it just sort of fizzles Uh. (laughs) without a lot of fanfare or, you know, there's not like there's a decision that comes down that everybody calls each other and says not happening. You know, Mm. it just sort of like fizzled. And then we, when we went out on the subsequent tour, he actually came and joined us on stage in LA and Chad came out and we, we played some deep purple, I think it was. And, uh, for an encore, it was really a lot of fun but even then he, it seemed like he had moved on. He wanted to do something else. So, um, but that's cool. I mean, you know, in, in this world where we, you know, we have to act on our artistic impulses um, you have to allow people that freedom to just change their mind if, because if they're not into it, suddenly they can't fake it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, but yeah, he's been, he's been out there doing a, a great thing with Dead Daisy so I mean yeah he's happening you know he's yeah. still singing and playing great
1: yeah for sure uh and would you say you're influenced by the new generation of guitar players or do you
0: stick to what influenced you when you started well I can't I'm I i can not really change you know who I am <laughs> <laughs> um but I I have to say every day I check social media and I see The most amazing young guitar players playing the most amazing technical stuff I could never play. (laughs) But I still think that maybe I could, (laughs) which I know I'm kidding myself. (laughs) I love, I just love watching them play at warp speed on 10 string guitars. And yeah, (laughs) I just think it's so good. I'm so proud of that new generation of players who've decided to take the guitar to some new super high level. I just think it's great. And, and so I do, I watch them all the time and I, I really can't learn from it, but it helps me learn more about my own playing, which is, you know, and the main thing is I just enjoy it. It's just, you know, gets my heart pumping fast when I see somebody doing stuff like that. And I go, wow, you know, that I know how hard that is, you know, I mean, that yeah. is, they are doing stuff. They're part of a group of people. There aren't many of them on the planet. I mean, they are a special group and uh, I wish the commercial music world would help them a little bit, (laughs) you know, give them a little coverage, you know. Um, Right now they're just living on social media with, you know, 10 or 20,000 likes or something like that. But, you know, it takes a lot more than that to support a musician who's Willing to put in that much work and time uh, into becoming so fabulous, you know. I mean, of that's course. really, that's really, really amazing, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm working on it. I sit there and I got my guitar and I go, I "Do that," <laughs> you know. It's and it's great because sometimes it's like an 11 year old girl from China, or right? You know? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, I, I for one love the fact that you can shred and you could shred even more if you could. But your choice is always to serve the song first and foremost. Is that a fair thing to say? You know, as a fan, that's my perspective anyway.
0: Yes, yeah. I, I just if it if I need to play really fast, then I'll do it if I think it really works in the song. And the album, the album's got some really crazy shredding on it. Hmm. Um uh, the, I think the song Sahara is is uh, definitely a more uh, traditional rock song in that way. And it's arranged more like a current pop song uh, mm. in, in you know, where we put the breakdowns and the instrumentation and stuff like that. Just the fact that there's a distorted guitar means that it's not <laughs> current, you know what I mean? Current hit music doesn't have any guitar in it. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any real guitar anyway. So. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I y- you're right I just have a natural inclination to slow down and only play the right notes I, I benefit from the fact that I, I've had a very long career, decades long I've sold over 10 million albums people know what I can play and what I can't play so I really don't need to demonstrate anymore Yeah. if I was 17 I would be demonstrating like you know, like some of the players I see uh, on Instagram, uh, that's what they should be doing. They should be showing all their stuff all the time because they want to get known, you know, they want to get started. But I've already done that. I've been there. So uh, what I need to do is stay mature, stay real, stay natural and, and, and deliver what's, you know, closest to my heart, which I think is really great melodies solid playing no extra notes uh you know and just just do the real thing lay it down you know
1: yeah well to close off let me just ask you one more thing it's about yeah. uh, a series of comic books called crystal planet yeah. which is described as mad max meets drum with music <laughs> <laughs> tell us about that um
0: yeah crystal planet uh if people go to a heavy metal magazine or incendium uh, they, can, uh, they can see what it's all about. Of course, you can just go to satriani.com and click on the link there. Um, boy, it's a long story. Eight years mm-hmm. ago, uh, uh, I sent uh, my friend, Ned Evett, who's a uh, fretless guitar player, singer, songwriter, recording artist. I sent him a, uh, a song because he volunteered to do a little animated video for uh, the tour that was coming out for the Unstoppable Momentum album. And the video that he put together, he used uh, art characters from my 2013 art book that I had uh, just released. And once the video was put together and I started watching it on tour, we both wound up thinking this is bigger than what we thought it was. It's, It's asking us to do something else. And so, After a bunch of conversations, we came up with the concept of this epic science fiction story called Crystal Planet uh, about our reluctant hero who slowly realizes that he is involved in an epic time warp battle to save Earth, to reconnect with his father, to reconnect with his girl, you know, and... uh, and yeah, and there's lots of shady and horrible characters <laughs> that he has to battle along the way. And of course, there's an electric guitar that can, is a time machine and uh, a weapon and a powerful instrument of uh, good, creating goodness all over the planet. Right. Um, but it so it developed over a period of years. We brought in Brendan Small from Metalocalypse at one point. He wrote us a few scripts. Uh, and then uh, we we got some invitations for some other people like Heavy Metal Magazine uh, to do uh, a, a, a preview of it. Uh, and then eventually, um, by just by accident, by association, um, a few years prior to that, I had worked with... Uh, uh, Lexi, uh, who is the creator of Incendium and Eternal Descent. Mm. And he had written me into uh, the series uh, Eternal Descent as he did with because he's a heavy metal guitarist himself as well as a writer and an artist. And um, so I was just part of the, all the other friends, rock guitar players that he put into this uh, sci-fi series. And he wound up being at Heavy Metal when the new owners came in and he said, you know, one of the things I really want to do is I want to bring crystal planet to a much higher level than what you were trying to do before with the old owner. And, and uh, when we had uh, Brendan small along with us, so we, uh, we got a really good collaborating effort together with Lexi and he uh, brought in some writers and artists to help us, um turn uh, the novel because ned evett my partner wrote the novel because we wound up i said this is crazy but we had demos and scripts for animated shows movie scripts wow. we had done a comic book on our own and then at some point Ned said, I'm going to, we have to write like the Bible. Which I'll write a novel. So he wrote the whole novel. <laughs> He's incredibly prolific. And so we gave all this information to Lexi and his team. And we said, you know, yeah, if you can figure out how to squeeze that <laughs> all down to a really intense, beautiful comic book series. And so he came up uh, with the idea that uh, incendium and heavy metal would produce not only the Two comic book series, but also a three graphic novels based on Ned's uh, novel of Crystal Planet, and then all of our scripts and all of the stories and all the character development that we had done in the past. So yeah, we're I mean our ultimate goal is to get up there and make movies like Star Wars and and because awesome. the story is really big and it's a classic uh, reluctant hero. Uh, you know, it, it's like a Greek myth, you know, what I mean, it's, mm-hmm. but it's got this incredible sci-fi twist. And of course, there's a guitar. It's <laughs> <laughs> also the central figure. Always, so, Yes. Yeah. So uh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. We're very happy that it's out there and it's happening. Awesome.
1: And last but not least, touring plans, anything or when do, can we expect them to be announced?
0: Yeah, I think in the next few weeks, we're probably going to be able to say something about what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone has been, boy, day to day, watching over the territories where their tours are supposed to take them and trying to figure out if it's feasible, you know, yeah. if you can get from one country to the next reliably. Uh, you know, we, we typically, if we're, let's say, going to Europe, we may go through 15, 20 countries and you know you you can't afford to get held up in one at one border because yeah. of some protocols so yeah. Uh, yeah we're waiting to hear back from all of our venues and promoters because we've had to postpone before yeah. um, but uh, i i see you know light at the end of the tunnel i think uh we'll will the you know the situation will get better and better and and so i'm hoping for the best and i think um we'll we'll Arrive at a new normal that will bring musicians back to full touring, you know, quite soon. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yes. yes. <laughs> All
1: right. Thank you so much, Joe. All the best with the Elephants from Mars, and uh, thank I'll keep an eye out for for news about
0: your your, your work. Yes. Well, thank you very much. And uh, hopefully, you get to hear the the new album soon. You may want to reach out to Melissa or whoever you're dealing with. She may have a yeah. link for you that uh, that you can you know a private link where you can hear the whole album before yeah. you bru
1: we'll, we'll do thanks man have a good cheers one. cheers have a
0: good one all right see you